The Witchwood Players Present Resting, a play by Anthony Gofton. The scene is London, 1946. Would you mind awfully turning that machine off for a moment? Come over here. I want to show you something. Yes, Mr. Ives. Right here, out this window. Now, look across the street, directly across, the opposite flat. See that window, about three windows in from the left, with the blue curtains? Um... There's someone sitting there in a chair. He hasn't moved all night. I rather think he must be dead. Dead? Oh, Mr. I'm surely not. Well, take a look at him and tell me what you think. Well, I can't say as I want to see a corpse, Mr. Ames. I saw enough in the war. Now, which window did you say? Um, third one over? Oh, I wish I had me glasses on me. Well, there, right there. Where are my fingers pointing? One, two, third window from the left. Oh, I'm afraid I don't see it, Mr. Ames. Oh, look, the window with the blue curtains. He's sitting in a wing-back chair, wearing a sort of grey suit. The arm. You see the arm hanging over the side of the chair? No, sir. But you've got good eyes, Mr. Ames. If you see it, I'm not arguing. Or whatever shall you do about it? I don't know. I saw him first last evening. I suppose I should have to be sure the man really is dead. Oh, that's right, Mr. Ames. You don't want to get yourself to any trouble. Maybe he's only resting. Or maybe he's incapacitated. Maybe the poor soul is an invalid. Maybe. Or foreign. How do you do, sir? How do you do? I am Martin Ames. You are the facilities manager for these flats? Yes, that's what it says on the door. Quite. I've come to inquire about one of your tenants, or perhaps I might say an ex-tenant. Is that right, Mr Ames? And uh, what would you like to know? I live just across the street. I just have to check on something. I'll be frank with you, Mr. Hanson. I have been looking out of my window across to this building now for two and a half days. And there seems to be someone, well, a dead fellow, in one of the rooms in a flat in this building. Dead? Where? I've counted from the street, and it's five stories up. There's a window with blue curtains, uh, three windows in from the left corner as I face it. And there is a man sitting there, slumped down in a wing-back chair, the arm hanging off of the side. Blimey! Fifth story up from the street. Uh, that's the fourth floor, of course. 
There are two flats along the front of the building. It's on the front, you say? Yes, that's right. Now, uh, and three windows in from the left. That'll be 4B, one of the four rooms. No, that couldn't be right. There are only two ladies in 4B. And you're sure this was a man? Yes, most certainly. His face isn't clearly visible, but his head slumped forward at an odd angle. He's wearing a grey suit and he's sitting in a high wing-back chair. Mm, I can't place him. I know all the regular visitors in and out of there. I have no doubt. Well, maybe he doesn't, didn't visit here often. Maybe he was calling on your ladies in 4B. As I said, this is all conjecture, of course. Uh, he may not be dead. He may be resting or delirious. But I watched him a good deal. I'm home a lot in the daytime at present. Uh, I'm on the stage. Or rather, not on it just now. I'm resting between jobs. You're an actor, sir. Yes, uh, perhaps you might know me. Ames, Martin Ames. I received favourable notices for my Coriolanus in 31. No, sir, can't say that I do. I'm sorry, but then Shakespeare was never much my bag. I like a good sing-song in the musical. And a comedian. Uh, the cheeky chappy, hey? <laughs> yes, Miller is such a witty troll. Could you check on the flat? I'm sorry to be a nuisance. Uh, no, you did the right thing, Mr Ames. I shall check this very moment. Would you mind awfully if I wait while you do? No, not at all. Please, take a seat. I'll give 4B a ring on the house phone. Hello? Miss Landis? This is Elaine Landis. Is that you, Mr. Hanson? Yes, Miss Landis, it is. Is everything all right up there, with you and your sister? Everything all right? Why, yes, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Is there a fire? No, no, nothing like that, Miss Landis. I'm just uh, um, checking all the lines. I see. Everything is working correctly, it seems, then, Mr. Hanson. Splendid! Uh, thank you very much, Miss Landis. My apologies for disturbing you. <laughs> Not at all. You have to check these things, I'm sure. It's very reassuring. Good day to you. And a good day to you, Miss Landis. Well, that's that. All quiet in 4B. The Kets in 4A are visiting the Broads this week, so that flat is empty. If the window is the one you describe, then it's definitely 4B. Just two ladies? Yeah, sisters. Oh, I think they've been at Beaconsfield for years, from way before the war. Retired teachers both keep themselves to themselves, walk the dog every day. I don't know what to say. You're sure it must be that flat? Well, certainly. If your description is right, Mr Ames, that's the place, all right. Maybe you made a little mistake. Your eyes playing tricks with the light. After all, it's a, a pretty wide street. 
being a theatrical gentleman, I'm sure you know all about lights and mirrors and such like. Um, Have you been in those kinds of plays? With the mirrors and phantoms jumping up out of the stage, kids screaming? Oh, it must be a right laugh. I have been in all kinds of productions, Mr Hanson, with and without mirrors, and I am certain I have not made any mistake. Has Mrs Ames seen this thing, sir? There is no Mrs Ames. I see. Right you are, then, sir. Hanson speaking. Uh, hello, Mr. Hanson. Uh, this is Mr. Ames from across the street. Again, Mr. Ames? I'm certain there is nothing there. Nothing has changed since yesterday. But, Mr. Hanson... I checked up on the two flats this morning. The cats in 4A are back from the broads, and Miss Landis from 4B is out walking the dog. No dead bodies in the whole place. I can see it. It's still there. Very well, sir. Where? W will you tell me exactly where? In the same window I described. The one you said was 4B. Have you gone inside 4B? No, no. But I asked them if anybody was perhaps unwell, and they told me in no uncertain terms there is not. You asked them? Why didn't you just search their flat? Well, what do you mean? Uh, break in when they're out? No, search it while they're there. Ring the bell, walk in, look around. Oh, I can't do that, sir. Not without a search warrant from the police. Those flats don't belong to me. I just take care of the building facilities for the landlords. And if they find out I was up to anything like that, I'd be out on my ear. Then let's call the police. If you think it's necessary, sir... But if you permit me to say, Mr. Ames, I don't think this is something for the police to be bothered about. Well, I do. Somebody's got to do something. May I state, Detective, these two sisters are as decent ladies as you can find anywhere. With respect, sir, that doesn't mean a thing. Crippin was a doctor, if you remember. Indeed. As it happens, there's a play on right now in the West End in which two nice old ladies commit multiple murders. Keen on the theatre, are you, sir? It's my job, Detective. I am an actor. Are you indeed, sir? Are you appearing in anything I might have seen? Not at present, Detective Tyler. I'm resting between jobs. I received favourable notices for my Coriolanus in 31. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that, Mr Ames. I like mysteries. Who done it? As befits my profession. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Detective. Well, Hamlet could be a murder mystery if you think about it. They have a dog in there. Are you telling me one dog would stay for almost a week in a flat with a dead person? I wouldn't presume to tell you anything, sir. All I know is that Mr Ames here reported a body. It is my duty to investigate and either confirm or disprove the report. Well, I keep seeing the thing day in and day out, being home so much. None of the other neighbours have complained. Dead bodies are hard to hide after a few days. Remember the Blitz?
right this way, please. I hope they're home. If they're not home, do you have a pass key? Of course, Detective, but we're not supposed to use it unless it's for an emergency. This may be an emergency, sir. Does the dog bite? Maybe. Get down, Buster. Get down now. Yes? Who is it? We're awfully sorry, Miss Landis, uh, but there's been some kind of a mix-up. These two gentlemen would like to look at your flat. Again, Mr Hanson? Is this why you were inquiring yesterday? Yes, Miss Landis. It's just that they uh, they want to search around and and check. Uh, This gentleman is a police detective. Ma'am, I'm Detective Tyler from the Metropolitan Police. I'm afraid I have to investigate a report of something that's allegedly been seen in one of your windows. I beg your pardon? What has been seen in my window? A body! Mr Anson, please, let me talk to the Uh, lady. A a body? Through my window? What? My sister and I live here all alone. So I understand, Miss Landis. If we could just take a quick look around... Excuse me a minute. I'll call my sister. Vivian! Vivian! This could be over very quickly, ma'am. Please just let us check. Vivian! It's the police. Can't you break the door down? And just who would pay for and put up the new one? Uh, No, Mr Ames, I I cannot break the door down. Uh, Miss Landis? Uh, Ma'am? These doors don't come cheap. Uh, Miss Landis, I could apply for a warrant, but I don't believe that should be necessary. I am Vivian Landis. May I ask what this is all about? Certainly, Miss Landis. Uh, Miss Vivian, if you please, I am the younger sister. Uh, Miss Vivian, my apologies. This gentleman has reported seeing a um, body or something resembling it in this flat. A dead body? Why, that's perfectly ridiculous. I'm sure it is, Miss Vivian. But it has been reported, and it is a police matter. Please take that door off the chain and let us through to investigate. Of course. First, may I ask Mr Hanson, how did this peeping Tom see into our flat? I thought that we are quite private. Will you see... He lives across the street, on the same level. I just happened to be looking across and... He was having a butcher's at your windows and thought he saw a dead bloke on a chair. Then we shall have to keep our net curtains closed in the future. Although one would think a detective would have something better to do than indulge the whim of some peeping Tom. Miss Vivian, I most certainly am not a peeping Tom. I am a respected actor with accolades. I received favourable notices for my Coriolanus in 31. Uh, Do come in, officer. Thanks. Is he coming in here too, Mr Peeping Actor? Say, really? Uh, No, not if you don't want him to. I most certainly do not. Very well. Mr Ames, you'd better stay outside. Uh, You too, Mr Anson. Detective Tyler, I was hoping that I... Oh, he does want to poke around in our private rooms. Is that it? Maybe he has some ulterior motive in worming his way in. Maybe he's come to get the lay of the land so he can break in and rob us. He is an actor. He will not come in, Miss Vivian. Now, let's take a look at your window. I will see you later, gentlemen. 
Shall I put the kettle on, Mr. Ames, in my cubbyhole? Yes, by all means. A cup of tea would be most welcome. Well, no dead bodies to be seen, Mr. Ames. Male, female, animal, vegetable or mineral. You didn't find it? No. I saw the chair you described, but it is perfectly empty. That's very strange. With respect, Mr. Ames, it's not strange at all if what you think you saw was, in fact, nothing. There wasn't anything in Forby at all suspicious? Uh, no, other than the sisters' apparent ignorance of canine obedience classes. Well, that is very true. Uh, Buster is not an easy dog to warm to. I don't understand it. How could I have seen it so distinctly and it's not there? Perhaps it is no longer in the window because they hid it. Hid it? Now, where'd you hide a dead body in a four-room flat? I looked in all the wardrobes, airing cupboard, and under the sofas, and the chairs. Maybe they got it out of the back into the service lift. <laughs> Two retired ladies dragging a corpse <laughs> into a service lift. <laughs> and then what? Put them out with the bins. They're collected daily from here, Detective. There, perhaps they had accomplices. You must think I must be some kind of delusional fool, Detective. Oh, it's so terrible to keep seeing it and feeling it slowly decaying there in secret. Why, the thing could be there for weeks. It's high above the street, perhaps. Perhaps it'll never be found. Perhaps it's already being destroyed. Look, why don't you try forgetting about it for a while? Seems to me you're working yourself into a bad way, Mr. Ames. Try not to look over into that window. Or go away for a change of scenery. You've done the right thing by contacting us. But I shall be reporting back that there's no case to answer. I do hope you're right, Detective. I can tell you it's really getting me down. I haven't slept for nights keeping vigil. I'm in a nervous state. I haven't been this nervous in years. It's like an opening night in perpetuity. I'm not a doctor, Mr. Ames, but I might recommend you seek professional help and get a good night's sleep. Could Mrs. Ames not help? There is no Mrs. Ames. He's right, you know. You might be going round the bend. Maybe I am. Hello? Miss Landis? I'm so sorry to disturb you at this time of night, but I really... I'm desperate. I haven't anywhere else to turn. What? Who is this? Uh, this is Mr. Ames, uh, Martin Ames, your neighbour from over the road. I was in your flat yesterday morning with the police, or rather I was almost inside your flat. Your uh, sister wouldn't let me in. Now, uh, please don't think me a pest, Miss Landis. Uh, I don't mean to annoy you. It was only because I was so desperate that I initiated that visit from the police. It's quite all right. 
Goodbye. Wait, uh, please don't hang up because it's worse now than it ever was, Miss Landis. I've been sitting here opposite your flat, staring into your window, and I... I'm only asking you to help me, Miss Landis. Help me just a little, please. Help you? It's still there, Miss Landis. What is still there? The dead body in your window. Oh, my. There is no such thing. How dare you? I shall hang up this phone and call Detective Tyler. Of course. And you are welcome to... I know now this doesn't have anything to do with you. But would you do me just one favour, Miss Landis? Would you go into your living room and just check once more? Oh, I won't. I'll do nothing of the kind. You're out of your mind, Mr Ames. Perhaps I am, Miss Landis. That's what I'm trying to find out. Oh. Then perhaps your sister Vivian would help me. <laughs> She's not at home. Oh, Lord. But anyway, I don't see how you can see in. I've drawn the curtains in there. I know. Then how can you see? I can't. At least not the actual body. It's just a silhouette. Uh, the blue curtains are not very thick. <laughs> no more blackout now. I'm not belying you or your sister, Miss Landis. If there's someone dead in there, it's not you who are doing it. But think of me. What? If you could just be here and look over there and see the shadow of those quiet fingers, that shoulder, that oh, head. Please stop it. It's not there. There's nothing there. Just tell me one thing, Miss Landis. There is a chair by that window, though, isn't there? Yes, there's a chair. A high-backed wing chair? Yes. And have you anything on it? Anything piled up? I mean, like curtains, cushions, a dressmaker's dummy? Of course not. Or do you have a plant in the window in front of it? Uh, some kind of an odd table? Anything? Anything that would cast a shadow like a man's head slumped forward or an arm hanging limp? No. There's nothing. Nothing but the chair. <sighs> would you do me just one more favour, Miss Landis? Please? <sighs> As an experiment, would you just go into the living room and move that chair from the window, please? I... If I do it, would you stop pestering us? Yes. Would you leave us alone forever? Yes, uh, yes, if it works. If it works? What do you mean? I can't tell you, Miss Landis, until you move the chair. Oh, all right, all right. Yes? I moved it away from the window. It's at the other end of the room. And it's empty. I see. Well, uh, thank you very much, Miss Landis. I know what I have to do now. Oh! Is it... Yes, Miss Landis. It's still there. Oh!
Vivian, I thought I might see you. Where is it? I want to see it at once. Oh, yes, Miss Vivian. Uh, come in. I hope you'll excuse my appearance. I, I just passed another sleepless night. So has my sister. So have I, after her telephone call to our cousin's house very late last night. What do you mean by this business, Mr. Ames? You have frightened my sister half to death. She is of a nervous disposition. I... Seeing things that aren't there when you know they are not. I wish they weren't. I wish to heaven I had never looked out that window. I wish those walls were of solid stone. You are a sick man, Mr. Ames. I wish I were. It would explain something. But I'm perfectly sane and well. There's nothing wrong with me. Nothing. I, I can't believe that. What does your wife think? There is no Mrs. Ames, Miss Vivian. I live here alone. A lady comes to clean once a then, week. Are you telling me you're going mad, Mr. Ames? I suppose it is a form of madness to persist in this hideous image, but no, I'm not. Miss Vivian, I have to defer to the only remaining explanation. And, and what is that? The supernatural. Uh, the supernatural? A ghost? What nonsense, Mr. Ames. Poppycock. Yes, I suppose it must seem like nonsense to you. Most certainly it does. You've been a schoolteacher, as I understand. You believe in logic, common sense and control. Since I was a boy, I've always had a feeling for the world beyond this, the intangible, the shadowy. I would see things others could not, and yet to me they were as real as you are to me now. Oh, my parents thought me an over-imaginative boy. I could not explain to them how I knew these things were tangible. Like Hamlet says, there are more things in heaven and earth. It hasn't happened to me since then. But now... You, you are speaking rather oddly, Mr. Ames. Just exactly what do you mean? You are now telling me that you are seeing apparitions in our flat? I have some extremely distressing news, Miss Vivian. Yesterday afternoon, I paid a visit to the British Museum Library. Here is my reading ticket. I spent several hours going through the archive of London newspapers. I was driven by a need to find out more about Beaconsfield, to find a reason, logic, causality, or something, anything. And sure enough, I found something. There was murder done at Beaconsfield over 35 years ago. Murder and suicide. Oh, it, it, in, in our flat. Oh, the report didn't stipulate. It was a man, a young oh. man called Groves. He was killed by his lover, who was tenant at Beaconsfield, uh, uh, Miss Jowett. <gasps> Jowett? Why, that, that's the name of the people who lived there before us. Oh? They, they were a middle-aged couple, Mr. and Mrs. Jowett. I never saw any Miss Jowett. She was the daughter. She hanged <gasps> herself afterwards before it came to trial. Oh, how perfectly awful. Rather ghastly coincidence, isn't it? I came over faint when I read it. Is there any connection with our flat? I don't know, Miss Vivian. She must have been a very troubled person, this Miss Jowett. Crazed with love and jealousy, she cut his throat to the point of decapitation. It's said that when they lifted his body out of the chair, his head detached. Excuse me. 
Mr. Ames, I'd rather not hear. I still can't believe that if there is something, if there could possibly be something, why don't we see it too? Haven't you seen it, Miss Vivian? No! Are you sure? Never? Perhaps in the middle of the night, uh, just getting up and passing that room, seeing that chair outlined against the window? Oh. Uh, just in passing, perhaps. You've never had a glimpse? How can you ever be sure, Miss Vivian? No, I really must be going. No, no, no. Uh, please stay and look at it. I want you to see it from out of my window. No, my sister Elaine. She's very nervous. <gasps> I can't leave her for so long alone. Then how will I know? How, Miss Vivian? I thought you came here especially. It'll only take a minute, really. Just a moment, please. It's right in here in the bedroom. Oh, Miss Vivian, don't go! Miss Vivian! DC Tyler? Speaking. Hello, uh, this is Martin Ames. I just called to let you know, I think you're right about that good night's sleep. I'm going away tomorrow for a long rest, uh, shutting up my flat. Oh, I'm all tied up in knots. I don't know what to think anymore. Oh, I think that's wise. Gradual taking my advice. Get away somewhere and, um, rejuvenate. <laughs> Ah, as soon as you called, I did hear something that might interest you, Mr. Ames. Oh? Uh, the Landis ladies, Elaine and Vivian, they left their flat. Seems they were rather upset about the whole episode. Gone to live with the cousin. Elaine, particularly, was in a bad way. So, they've just up sticks. Oh, heavens! But I'm terribly sorry for that. That makes me feel absolutely beastly. They were harmless innocents, what can I say? Well, from what I was told, the cousin's place is big, quiet, there's room for that dog of theirs to run himself in circles. They were talking about leaving town anyway. This incident brought the decision forward, it seems. Well, that's something. I'm so sorry to have been the cause of so much upset and upheaval. You just get yourself somewhere quiet too, Mr. Ames. Stay out of trouble and take care. Oh, I shall, DC Tyler. Thank you. Bye for now. Martin! Bravo! Bravo, old boy! Not so loud. <laughs> Why all the mystery? The buildings manager chap here, Hanston, knows me. He's a bit of a character. <laughs> He's probably rather ticked about me grabbing this beautiful flat right from under his nose. He probably had it promised to a friend. <laughs> but you've got it now, Ronald, just as I said. So I have, old boy. So I have. And it's beautiful. Martin, you've outdone yourself. You've been more than generous. Think nothing of it, Ronald. I was glad to do it for such a distinguished colleague, especially now after your recent loss. Ah, oh, thank you. I miss her, old boy. Miss her a great deal. I, we, never forgot that it was you that introduced us. Oh, Maureen's Virgilia in 31 was memorable. 
She was inspirational to me. As was your Coriolanus. A triumph, old chap. My Titus was just a humble supplicant to the mighty general. Mighty general who failed to conquer anything much, eh, Ronald? Your Titus did you pretty well. You got the keys to Hollywood and you got Maureen. Yes, well, we both lost her now. I hardly noticed she was so ill. She hit it so well, bless her. God, I was such a selfish fool. So wrapped up in the movies, parties, courting the press. I miss her terribly, Martin. This place will be a new start. I'm sure you had your pick in Hollywood. Yes, but not like her. Anyway, I've had it with Hollywood. I've been back a year now. Right here on the London stage. This is where I really belong. I can help you, Martin. The production I'm in now has a part we haven't cast yet. Not a large part, but I'm sure you could make it work. Thank you, Ronald. I have no doubt the success will follow you. And this flat. I don't know how you found it. Housing's on shortage. All these demobbed fellows looking for a place to call home. When your call came to my agent, I'd just left rehearsal. I wouldn't trust it to anyone but myself. <laughs> I left the cast just standing there when I came over. And when I asked Hansen about 4B, he just said nothing about it. I insisted, of course. I told him who I was, and finally he admitted it was available. Apparently, two sisters who lived here just decided to move out. I hope you didn't mention my name. If Hanson knew that I tipped you off, it could lead to trouble. No, you asked me not to. Anyway, I think my own name was enough. <laughs> Seriously, Martin, how did you know? Were they friends of yours? Oh, no, it's all a long story. Uh, come, let's sit down, shall we? In the living room. You take that big chair. Uh, they must have left that when they moved out. Thank you. Well, uh, to be frank, Ronald, I got this flat by a ruse. A ruse? What kind of ruse? Pretty nasty one, actually. <laughs> I frightened the last tenants away. I told them I saw a dead man sitting here in this window. It was quite a performance. <laughs> no, no, really? How fiendishly clever of you. How did you do that? Ah, you see, I live across the street, uh, directly across in that flat there with the French curtains. Uh, one night, uh, just sitting there late, I had an amusing thought. Uh, there was a, a kind of shadow in this chair, uh, the one you're sitting in. It reminded me a little bit of a corpse. And it came to me that it might be fun to create a character, a corpse that wasn't there. Oh? I don't follow you. Uh, some actors need a play, Ronald, to create a character. Others, the really talented ones, work out their own dramas. I created a part for myself. I was the, the eyewitness, the innocent bystander across the street who saw a corpse. And I kept seeing it and kept seeing it. And finally, by the power of suggestion, it became real enough to frighten them away. Ha! Very clever. Wasn't it rather drastic? It worked out well enough. I always hoped we'd be neighbours, Ronald. As a matter of fact, the idea came to me when I read you were back home after Maureen died. You know, 
I auditioned for that play last year, the priestly play at the Duchess. Well, I... Of course not. As soon as they got the notion that Ronald Wolfe may be looking for a part, I didn't get a look in. And now I'm resting, washed up and forgotten. Now steady on, Martin. That's a tad unfair. And mooring, poor girl, blinded by your charm and glamour, taken away from England and from me to Hollywood to be a rake's plaything. Now look here, Martin, that's too much. I've always had the deepest respect for her. She was so jolly and sweet. Do you like this flat, Ronald? Yes. I like it very much, of course. And I'm grateful. Good. Because you're going to be resting here, right here in this chair, for a long time. Good God, man! What are you doing? Your final curtain call. Your sad goodbye. You never recovered from Maureen's death, and so you decided to end it all here. Martin, no! For the love of God, please! There we are, Ronald. Your hand on the pistol. <laughs> ah, nice little black hole in the side of your head. <laughs> DC Tyler will have no problem solving this minor tragedy. <sighs> Just sit in this chair by the window, right where I can see you. <laughs> I'll go away for a while. They'll find you eventually. And Martin Ames will be acclaimed a prophesier. The actor who saw the future of his famous friend. The offers will come flooding in. <laughs> Goodbye, Ronald. See you across the street. Resting was presented by the Whitred Players. Martin Ames was played by Aaron Gregory. Mary was played by Mandy Ray Jesse. Mr. Hanson was played by Mark Jesse. DC Tyler was played by Philip Croxon. Elaine Landis was played by Rose Hartley. Vivian Landis was played by Rachel Reed. Ronald Wolfe was played by Ralph Weirs. The play was written and produced by Anthony Gofton and directed by Mandy Ray Jesse. Special thank you to the Bumblefoot Rock Project. This was a Bugnet production for the Witchwood Players. <laughs>